0: Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online service. Our theme for this year is Plus One, which encourages us to invite someone to join us in worship and fellowship. Our mission statement is simple. It's loving God, loving people, and loving life. We hope that this message will serve as a source of inspiration and encouragement for you. Each episode, we will explore different aspects of our faith, share stories of hope and healing, and discuss ways we can make a positive impact in our community and the world. So whether you're a long-time member of our church or just tuning in for the first time, we welcome you to join us on this journey. Let's make 2023 a year of growth, both for ourselves and for those around us. Thanks for listening. Here we go.
1: Amen. Praise God. Are you ready to go deeper with God this year? Amen. It's going to be an amazing and amazing year. And so uh, the best is yet to come. Praise God. How many of you know that God saves the best for last? Amen. I mean, one of the greatest examples of that is the the wedding feast. If you remember in the Gospels, you know they they ran out of wine, and Mary comes to Jesus and she says, uh, "Do something about this." And he says, "Mom," he says, "My time's not come." And she says, "Do whatever he says." I'm telling you what, there's something to be learned by that. Do whatever he says, and the blessing comes. Amen. And so, therefore, he turned the water into wine, and it was a major blessing to the family and to the people that that were celebrating. But you know, the most significant thing that stands out in that scripture is says that the, the, the master of the feast says, wait a minute. He said, most people serve the best stuff first, And then when they run out of that, then they ser- serve the inferior stuff because nobody cares at that point in time. But you've saved the best, the most costly, the top shelf stuff for the end. Man, come on, you are top shelf stuff and God's moving in this place and he's moving in your life, amen? Because the best is yet to come and saves the best for last praise God amen well you're ready to jump in this this morning hey welcome everybody that's online we're so glad that you're tuning in and for that matter if you're tuning in if the snow has gotten to you and you're a regular church attender here listen stick with us and I just want to encourage you listen to this message more than once because this message is gonna just bless you and I know that it's gonna do some things to help us increase in this year praise God and that's something that the Lord has said to us is that this year we are going higher We're increasing in every aspect of our life. And one of the major things that we're endeavoring to do is increase in the way that we think. And the way that we think is to think in lines with the kingdom of God. The Bible says that God has translated us out of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of His dear Son, the Son of His love. And so therefore, our citizenship, our address, uh, the, the, the things that we live our lives by are according to the kingdom of god and so if we'll think that way it will change how we live life and that's what we're endeavoring to do amen Uh, the the name of this series is, is called living under the blessing and so we're purposing to experience the blessing of god and learn how to live in the blessing god's original design according to the kingdom of god now one of the things that we always know is that whenever we have these conversations sometimes it just ruffles feathers people like i just can't stand you talking about that kind of thing you know you're talking about giving you're talking about increase you're talking about blessing i just don't believe that god wants to bless people it's just according to who he wants to bless well i don't know about you but that don't work for my kids has it worked for your kids I mean, there's the one kid that's the favorite, right? And they get all the good clothes, they get all the designer clothes, they get the top-notch education, while all the other ones, you know, you're just giving them, you know, uh, cheese sandwiches. And you're like, like it or lump it. No, they're going to say, wait a minute, how come you're doing that for that kid and you're not doing it for us? We're your kids too. So once again, it doesn't stand to reason that God does it just for some. He's no respecter of persons, the Bible says. But he is a respecter of persons faith. Because it's according to our faith that God meets us where we're at and so we're purposing to increase this year now how do we increase in our faith the Bible says that the word the word of God is a seed and the seed will be uh will will be fruitful and a seed obviously multiplies right and so if God's word is likened unto a seed that means that the word of God helps us grow and the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God amen So what we're sharing with you this morning is not tradition of men. It's not just what you were taught down the road or in the church that you grew up in. We're sharing the word of God and you discern the word for yourself. Don't just take my word for it. You be a student of the word and say, is that really so? Does God really say that? Is that available to me? And so once again, we could say it this way. Faith begins where the will of God is known. I said, faith begins where the will of God is known. And so therefore, the word tells us what God's word is. And 1 John chapter 3, the Bible says this. It says uh, that we can know the, the will of God. It says that we can know his will. And therefore, if we can know his will, then we can experience the will of God, right? And so, this morning, we're purposing to share the Word so that you can exert your faith, or exercise your faith, rather, and purpose to receive from Him. All right, in 2 Corinthians, let's continue with this. Starting in 2 Corinthians, chapter 8, verses 4 through 7. Now, one of the things that I want to bring to your attention in regards to this Scripture, I said to you last week that this portion of Scripture is directly connected To People's giving he's addressing the church of Corinth and he's saying I'm talking to you and I'm teaching about teaching you how to be givers and according to your offering how to receive from God Because you realize that if you'll grow in faith faith teaches you how to believe So therefore the word of God the will of God will teach you. What can I believe God for right? So, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, starting in verse 4, he says, you are imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministry to the saints. So, let's pause for a moment. Notice it says real quickly there. It says, you urged us or gave much urgency that we would receive the gift. What gift? the gift or the offering that the church of corinth was giving to them and once again if you'll back up we'll look at this at later times but if you'll back up you'll see that the bible says that they didn't have a whole lot but they gave abundantly out of their lack to be a blessing And so they urge them, even though we don't have a lot, we are wanting to be generous to your ministry. We're giving to your ministry because we believe in what you're doing. You're spreading the gospel. And we urge you, take what we have or what we've given. Now, isn't it interesting that oftentimes we have bleeding hearts for people? You know, we would see somebody that is maybe struggling financially Maybe they're a little less off. And we would be inclined to say, oh, honey, you know, you just hold on to your money. You need that more than the church does. What did we do? We just robbed that individual from the multiplication of the seed or the offering given. We look short-sighted into the current situation. But God is always looking down the road as, how do I multiply what you have? Right? And so once again, the scripture says you urged us to receive your gift. All right? Verse 5. It says, and not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So we urged Titus that as we had begun, so he would also complete or finish this grace in you as well. But as you abound in everything, everybody say everything, as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. So notice there, in regards to that scripture, he says, now, I've been here ministering to you, but Titus, one of our fellow ministers, we're going to leave him here to continue teaching so that he could help finish or complete this grace. So how many of you understand that there is grace available, but you may not be operating in that grace? And therefore, it also tells us that the grace that is available is directly connected to To your learning of the things of God or the teaching of God's word. Are you seeing that? He said, complete this grace. He says, see that you abound in this grace also. So the fact that he's addressing this grace. That also would identify that there's more than just one grace. There's graces that you can partake or abound in. In fact, for that matter, notice what he says. He says, you were abounding in grace of faith, of speech and knowledge, and all diligence in your love for us, but see that you abound in this grace. Now, we're going to look at that in just a moment, but before we get there, in regards to grace, let me ask you the question. How did you become a child of God? How did you become a Christian? Help me out here. Now, I know you're going to say, Well, I asked Jesus into my heart. Sure. But the Bible says, For by grace have you been saved through faith. It's a gift of God, not of yourself, lest any man should boast. So, how did we become Christians? How did we receive Christ? How did we have the ability to have faith and ask Jesus into our heart? By grace. Grace made salvation available, right? So once again, there's different graces. For that matter, have you ever noticed that there's somebody, in fact, I got two daughters, and uh, uh, the one daughter likes to cook. The other daughter says, you know what? You can just feed me and prepare my meals for me all you want. I have no desire whatsoever. The one daughter that likes to cook, she is graced to do it. I mean, she's just got something in her that she'll just purpose to learn. She'll YouTube something. I mean, she's a wonderful baker, and you're like, well, how did you learn that?" No, My wife didn't teach her to do that. There's just a grace on her, and she likes to cook and bake. And you know that there's those people that are like that, man. They go into a kitchen, man. It energizes them. They're singing. They're doing all that. They even like to do the dishes. You know, they're in there in the kitchen, and you sit down and eat their food, and you're like, ooh, this is so good. Amen. And then there's those other ones that cook you food, and you're like, ooh, this is so, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> right? <laughs> Why? Because there's one that is graced to cook and maybe there's another one that is not graced. My oldest daughter, she is graced to do art. She is phenomenal. Now, if I asked my son, hey, draw me your best work of art, he would hand me a stick person. Why? Because he's not graced to do. He hasn't the grace to To do the artwork that my oldest does. And so once again, there are different graces that are available that we can avail ourselves to. But notice he says now, this isn't just subject to one or the other. He says, listen, uh, uh, give yourself to this. Learn of this so that you can abound in this grace. Somebody say it with me. This grace. So in other words, there is something to receive from the grace of God. There was something that was available that they were not abounding in. And so he says, see that you abound in this grace. So what grace are we talking about? The grace that the Apostle Paul is talking about. What is that grace? Well, I'm glad you asked. Look to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. He tells us what the grace is. Verse 9, it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that you through His poverty might become sick and poor. Is that what the Bible says? Come on, is it on the screen? Say it with me through his poverty you might become rich. <laughs> that through his poverty, this grace, that he became poor, that you might become rich. And all the religious people grind their teeth right now. You're talking about being rich. I don't believe in that. I'm not talking about having. 10 Rolls Royce in the garage. I'm not talking about having a 30,000 square foot house. I mean, if that's what your heart's desire, so be it. But that's not what he's talking about. What did we say that rich is? Well, first of all, we said this in, in, in uh, Proverbs. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh one rich and adds no sorrow. Being rich is having a full supply abundantly provided for amen so Jesus said that the reason or part of what I did the grace that is upon me that's available to you the reason that I became poor in this earth is so that you could be made rich or have a full supply and abundantly provided for amen now, once again, God never intended for us to experience or have the opportunity to go to heaven, but have to go through hell on this earth. I didn't say that you're not going to experience hardships. And let me just ask you the question, by a show of hand: how many of you have ever experienced this hellish circumstances of life? I think we all have. Now, if we're honest, if we looked at some of those hellish experiences that we've had we could start to peel back the layers and we could probably identify that some of the hellish experiences we've had is a byproduct of us rather than just, oops the devil just wanted me to have a bad day no, there's been some things that we can contribute to things that we gave ourselves to, and now as a result of us being a part of the equation, we're experiencing some undesirable things. Would you not agree? Right? And so, once again, he says that God desires for us to to be abundantly provided for and to have a full supply. But remember I said this, that we have to think according to the kingdom of God. Because once again... It is not just about having stuff, having things, having money. Because you can have all the things in the world and still go to hell. You can have all the things in the world and still have a horrible marriage. You can have all the things in the world and still be sick in body. So what does stuff and things and money mean if you don't experience the full blessing of life? And furthermore, I'm getting ahead of myself now. But you realize that if your mentality is, well, if I can just have enough. If, if, if I can just have enough to get by, I don't need a whole lot. I don't need to have a, you know, this or that. If, if I just have enough to take care of myself, I'm good. And we think that that's noble. We think that that is, you know, just being a good Christian person. But the reality is, is that is nothing more than selfishness. And really the core of it is pride. You say, really? What? I'm not trying to be prideful. No, you're saying all I care about is me. But the moment you become a child of God, God says, hey, welcome to the family. Welcome to the kingdom. Now go reach somebody that's going to hell. So in other words, God needs you to be blessed so that you have an opportunity to reach others. Amen. So once again, it's not just about you. God wants you to be able to increase and be able to be an individual that changes eternity because it's not all about you. Amen. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Jesus gives this illustration and really what he's saying is learn how to receive from the kingdom you're a child of god your citizenship is in the kingdom of god come up higher think differently and what does he say matthew six thirty three it says but seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness righteousness simply means god's way of doing things Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things. Everybody say things. Because see, everybody thinks that things is a dirty word. Well, you're just, you're you're believing God for things? He said, if you seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added. What things are we talking about? He goes up a couple verses and he says, he says, The Gentiles seek after things, those that are apart from God, those that don't know God, those that are of the world. They seek things to take care of their lives. God knows the things that you have need of, just like the things that they have need of. He says, but I'll take care of you. If you'll seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all the things will be added unto you. So having things, needing things, desiring things is not a bad thing. In fact, he says, if we'll keep first things first and do our lives according to the kingdom or God's way of doing things, the things will be taken care of. Now, once again, I told you that in regards to uh, our personal lives, what really Uh, uh, spurred this message was I got to a place where I was living by faith. And the needs that I had need of were being met. And because I allowed my thinking to shrink, all I was really concerned about was having my personal needs met. And therefore, as a ministry, as a man, as a family, we were exercising faith to survive. But we certainly... We're not thriving. And God said to me, He said, the same faith that you have been surviving on is the same faith that can cause you to thrive. You just got to come up higher. And I'm like, okay, God, that is the end of that chapter. It's time. We're coming up higher. We're thinking differently. We're living better. We're expecting bigger. We're, we're purposing to be vessels that have more than enough so that we can be conduits to build the kingdom of God. It's not about us for and no more. It's about reaching people. Therefore, God, whatever I have need of, you will make sure that whatever those things are, they're mine. I got them. Amen? And so we are purposing to think bigger. Think Uh, 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 in lines with the kingdom of God. All these things shall be added unto you. Now, it's important, again, as I said, think correctly. Because it's the blessing of the Lord that maketh one rich or gives you a full supply, abundantly provided for, and adds no sorrow. Now, this is a, a key point. Because... The vast majority of the church, the people of God, the way they try to obtain things or stuff is outside in rather than inside out. Meaning, rather than being within the kingdom of God, I'm reaching out into the world and saying, well, it's the world that I'm trying to get things from. It's the workplace that provides a living for me. It's this and it's that that is causing me to be able to acquire things. So if I'm looking to the world to acquire things, then there will always be sorrow attached to it. Because God says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow. And as I said, the vast majority of the people of God are not living according to the kingdom, but according to the world. And you hear the sad stories all the time, don't we? The things that are going on, the things that are going wrong, the things that are happening with the kids, the things that are happening with the spouse, the things, the things, the things. Why? Because there's sorrow that's attached to it. And God says there's a kingdom way of doing things. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added. Now, let me go back to just a a statement that I made in regards to our first couple sessions. In regards to Jesus coming why did Jesus come now again our knee-jerk reaction is to say well God so loved the world that he sent Jesus so that we could be saved yes that's true but why did man need saving it's because the way that God originally made man he blessed them and said be fruitful and multiply and have dominion so they were originally blessed came out from under the blessing and therefore god says i still love you even though y'all messed up and so therefore because i love you i'm providing a way for you to have relationship with me once again to be in the family but also so that the original blessing can be restored so that you can be fruitful and multiply that way all the things that you have need of can be added amen he's restoring the blessing in our life so let me ask you the question when it came to your salvation <clears throat> did you earn your salvation no when you were filled with the holy spirit Did you earn the infilling of the Holy Spirit? No. When it came to being healed, or if you've received healing in your body uh, because you're believing and asking God to, to minister to your body, did you earn the healing? No. So if I don't have to earn salvation, if I don't have to earn the Holy Spirit, if I don't have to earn my healing... What makes you think you have to earn your money or your livelihood? It's not in the Bible. Now you might say, well, I thought the Bible says that we got to work. I'm not talking about not working. I'm talking about having purpose of life. Remember last week we said those that give purpose in their heart. So what do you go to work for? Is your purpose just to go into the world to get so that you can take care of yourself? Or do you go into the workplace, into the marketplace, because you have an assignment? I'm going to the workplace because God called me to be there and there's some people that need Jesus. And all the while, man, they pay me to do it. Come on, it's a matter of seeing things differently. And again, we'll get there in just a minute. But once it comes to... Receiving from God, once again, it's the blessing of the Lord that produces the outcome. It's just, or I could say, it's by grace that we walk in light of that. So, what's your assignment? What's your purpose? Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Verses 6 and 7. It says, But I say to you, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Not grudgingly or out of necessity for God loves a cheerful giver. I asked you the question... What's your assignment? What's your purpose? If you don't know what your purpose is, then that needs to be your purpose. God, what am I called to do? Why am I alive? I don't care if you're old or young. You may have the majority of your life behind you. What a... What a wonderful time of life in the golden years of my life finally stepping in to my purpose. Once again, why do you go to work? You don't go to work just to receive a paycheck. You ought to have a purpose of going to work. Now, for the sake of time, I'll... I'll, I'll close with this because it goes on to say in the chapter, in a couple verses in that chapter later, it says that God ministereth seed to the sower and bread for food. So in other words, God wants to take care of every need. He doesn't want you to look to the employer to say, okay, will you give me permission to put groceries in the pantry this year, or, or this week rather. He wants us to begin to think, God, I'm blessed. And so I'll conclude by sharing just a, a couple personal experiences where God began to teach me in this. Because once again, I said, oftentimes when we talk about these kind of things, people get kind of restless and like, why are you talking about this? In fact, it used to be there's been times where it's like people said, you know, you've been talking about this for a couple of weeks. Is it time to move on yet? So you're just stuck. Next week will be the last week, so just so you know. But when I went to Bible college, I went to college and I was working along with going to school. I was doing construction right after school. I go and to the job site and the, the owner was knowing that we were college students, and so it was a tremendous blessing, but I had to work. But my final year, my last year of, of college, I, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, I'm going to school. I said, but there's these two classes that are offered right after school, and they're, they're not required, but God, that's I really want to go to those classes. And the Lord said to me, he said, next year will be your year. You can go to those classes. And I'm like, but God, I mean, I got to work and yada, yada, yada. And I said, but man, I want to go to those classes. And the Lord said to me, he said, next year, you'll be able to go to those classes. And as the Lord began to minister to me, the Lord said this to me. He said, next year, you won't have to work your last year. If you'll trust me, I'll take care of you. Well, that was a leap of faith. Especially when the school is telling you, don't distrust God and not work. You have to pay bills. And you also have tuition to pay. So if you're thinking about writing a faith check, think twice. Because faith checks don't cash. They're still rubber, right? They'll bounce. And so I'm, I'm like, okay, God, for my last year, you said that I don't have to work. And so I sat down at the table and I wrote down all the expenses that I thought I would incur for my last year. I had tuition. I had housing i had insurance gas money uh i wanted to go on a missions trip i wanted to get a class ring uh i i I was single so i'm like god you know i got a date i got to go on some dates you know so you got to provide some cash for some dates you know and so i'm like god this is what my budget is see he worked did it great didn't he awesome and and so i came up with my budget to a dollar amount And so the next year came and I went to school. It's my last year. I'm like, okay, God, here's my budget. And I just purposed to say, okay, God, I'm trusting you. And through the year, God always would make sure that I had what I need of. And every time somebody did something for me to bless me, I journaled it. So if somebody gave me a coffee, I wrote it down because it was a coffee I didn't have to pay for. If they gave me a candy bar, I wrote it down. If they took me to lunch, if somebody blessed me with money, or if mom and dad sent me a care package, I just wrote it all down. My final year, I never worked, but I went to school debt free. All my bills were paid. I went on a missions trip. I found my wife. I got a class ring, abundantly provided for. Having a full supply. And every time I said, as, I, as God blessed me with something, I journaled it. The dollar amount that I came up with the year prior, it was within just the margin of a few dollars when I added it all up for the year that God took care of me. And I just, I went to every class that I wanted to. Why did I say that? Because God was teaching me how to trust Him and experience the kingdom of God rather than looking to man. Now, once again, you might say, well, pastor, that works for you because you're a pastor. You're in the Christian world, and so Christian people are a little bit more generous. (laughs) Really? You don't have to be a preacher To live the blessed life. If you think you do, come on up here and I'll ordain you today and we'll see how it works for you, all right? Has nothing to do with being a preacher. Once again, I'll prove it to you. We got married, Kelly and I. The first year as we're getting ready to get married, I I said, okay, we're going to have to find somewhere to live. And for me, there was just this thing that gnawed in my stomach. I said, I do not want to rent an apartment. I mean, it's like I'm paying for a house, but just throwing the money away. God, I don't want to rent an apartment. And yet, at the time, I I wanted to be frugal. And so I, I didn't want to spend a lot on a house. And like I said, I was working for General Motors. And I said, but God, I don't want to go house poor. And yet, I don't want to live in the ghetto either. And the Lord said to me, he said, can you trust me? And that's all he asked me. And I knew what he was saying. I'm like, okay, God, okay, I'll trust you. And so we got a townhouse and rented. And at the time, I was working for General Motors down in Livonia. So I was driving and we were living in Birch Run and had a townhouse. Within the first year, before the rent, lease agreement was to be renewed, General Motors that I was working for said to me, hey, uh, Mr. Umber, we're closing down the factory here and we're going to have to move you. In fact, we're going to have to move you to Saginaw. Well, I was driving an hour and a half to get to work and now they said, we're going to move you to Saginaw. It's now 15 minutes. I'm like, "Well, hey, praise the Lord. That's a savings right there. But then they said, because we're moving you more than 50 miles, we're going to give you a moving bonus of (laughs)
0: $60,000.
1: Within one year's time, less than, because we bought our house before the lease agreement was up. But God worked it out to where we had a down payment Substantial to put on our first house and it didn't come from Christians. It came from the worldly General Motors. Generous Motors. Praise God. Amen. So God will make a way if we'll purpose to live according to the kingdom. It's not the world that we're living by and trusting in. It is God. He said, I will make you rich because you're blessed and rich is nothing more than a full supply abundantly provided for. We're going up this year. We're thinking according to the kingdom and we, Genesee Valley Church, are under the blessing. Amen. So you might as well get happy because it's going to come visit your house. If you don't like the way it looks, then pass it along. Put it in my, put it in my uh, mailbox, if you will. It's all right. I'll take it. All right? Amen. Stand up with me. How many of you think that you can believe God for more? As I said, this might be challenging for some to hear but the only reason that it becomes challenging to hear is because we're so used to being our own God I got it I'll take care of it I'll work another weekend I'll look for a different job because it pays more money well if that is what God's leading you to do fine but stop trying to manage your life let God be who he says he wants to be because he has said to you and me be blessed be fruitful multiply the blessing of the Lord is making you rich and it's not adding sorrow that alone sounds like a good two thousand and twenty-three amen how many of you want to sign up for that amen come on let's pray father in the name of Jesus God we thank you for all the blessings but God if there's anyone in this place in this building anyone that's watching online the most important blessing to receive Is salvation. Receiving the gift. Of your blessing. So God we just pray for anyone that's in this room. Anyone that's watching. In the name of Jesus. If you feel the compelling of the Lord. Just cry out and say Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. I invite you into my life. I want you. And I want more. In Jesus name. And it's just that simple amen hey if you're watching online by chance and you say I don't have a home church write us call us email us we'll make sure that you get plugged into the right place we'll send you information if you need some in this journey with God anybody in this place that just wants more of God let us know and we'll help you in the journey amen amen well, we're gonna let you go remember tonight leadership uh, impact Leadership Academy Wednesday is first Wednesday all right God bless you drive safe
0: And with that, we come to the end of this episode. We hope that you have found inspiration and encouragement in our discussion today, and we invite you to join us again next week. Let's make 2023 a year of growth and love by sharing the message of our church with others. We encourage you to take the plus one challenge this week and invite someone to join you at our next worship service. You can get more information about our church and say hi to us anytime from our website or social media, all online at gvchurch.tv. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.